Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to the direct-to-video connoisseur. Uh, I'm Matt, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. Jamie, how are you this evening? I am doing great. Can't complain. Uh, and we, you know, maybe um, I, we were talking before we, we got on the air tonight about, um, you know, when we pick our movies, um, uh, I almost kind of felt like with this one, maybe um, I, we talk about uh, maybe cheating when we pick a movie, like a movie that we know is going to be good. Um, though in this case, with this one, I think it was a little different because... Um, Jamie hadn't seen it before, so it wasn't necessarily cheating. There was a chance that she wouldn't have liked it. Um, but we talk, I, I talked about some other ones we've done in the past, like April Fool's Day or The Reanimator, something that we'd both watched before and knew was really good and just wanted to review it here. Um, but I felt like last week, boy, we had some really great momentum from Wolf Cop. And it seems like the reaction to um, doing that film, you know, um, that people on the on the Facebook and, and Twitter... Did I just say on the Facebook? You did. You did, Grandpa. I mean, I, it was supposed to be short for on the Facebook page, but it sounded like <laughs> on the Facebook. On the Facebook and the Twitters. Yes. I, <laughs> I, I, We're coming to you live from the computer. <laughs> I just, I, see, it's important to make sure, you know, it. even though it sounds you think you're sounding cool by saying the Facebook instead of the Facebook page. No, you sound like, like Grandpa, who's, you know. <laughs> I don't understand why my Google search is not popping up here when I type in on the Facebook. It's not. <laughs> People keep liking it. They say they like it. That doesn't help me. I want to know what time the movie starts. <laughs> God damn it, this thing is not working. But I love your old man voice. That, yes. That's great. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, like that seems to be like the generic one, and then there's the old Mainer voice, you know? Yep, yep, trying to use the Google. Can't get Pepperidge the... Farm remembers. Pepperidge Farm remembers the Google and the Facebook. <laughs> I got a lot of friends. I don't know half of them. <laughs> seems like my, my granddaughter, every time she... Every time one of her friends sees me, they just friend me, because they... I guess they like to have a lot of friends. I... I, I, I never knew anyone have 650 friends, but they must be really popular. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, 
SS, but um, no, but I, Wolf Cop seemed like on the, on, on, you know, both on the Facebook page and the Twitter to get a good reaction, which I think is what we were expecting. Um, in fact, it seemed like it was more that people had already seen Wolf Cop and were happy that we liked it as much than it was, you know, people being like, oh, great, you know, thanks for the recommendation. Uh, it was almost like we were kind of um, adding a voice to the situation. Which is always a good thing when it, with a film like that. I want to add my voice because I want it to be heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, speaking of add my voice, I have a I have um, a real quick thing to thing to th- 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 <laughs> I have a real quick administrative thing I want to throw out. It's not sure. really administrative as pertaining to us, mm-hmm. but it's just something I want to mention. There is a Kickstarter campaign going right now, and it's got I think eight days left. Mm-hmm. And this is for Mixtape Massacre, which is an 80s-based horror-themed board game. And uh, I have, I just, Brian and I just did an interview with the creators of this game, Matt Corrado and Fred Carlini. And that interview is up now at Legion Podcast. Go to legionpodcast.com under quickies, and you will find the interview that we did with them all about this upcoming board game. And trust me, if you're a horror fan, if you're an 80s fan of anything, because they have a lot of 80s music references in there as well, you don't even have to – it's not a trivia thing. You don't have to know a lot of stuff. It's just uh, the the idea is that you get to pick a, a character, and you can go to mixtapemassacre.com and read all about the game there and see pictures. And then from there, you can click the Kickstarter button and go to the page. And please help them get this funded because I want to play this game. And uh, basically, you just pick a character, and then you go around killing fools all over the board. And uh, it's really clever, really fun uh, looking. I haven't gotten the opportunity to try it yet, but... Uh, check out that interview because uh, they go all into the inception of the game and and a little bit about the logistics and uh, so support these guys because we need this. So now you're and, saying eight days from today, so that would be the seventh right. of the, Thursday. Yes, the May seventh. I think it's technically May eighth at okay. at nine fifty five in the morning or something like that. But to be safe, I'm just telling everyone May seventh so they don't end up missing the deadline. Um, and then, of course, you know, they're pretty close to getting this funded. So, And if you go to the campaign, one of the perks that you can do is to get the actual game. It's the lowest one that will get you the actual game. It's $60, but that includes shipping and the game. And if you have priced board games, and I don't mean like Sorry or Yahtzee <laughs> or Monopoly, but if you've priced, you know, like geeky board games anytime recently, then you'll know that that's not an exorbitant price, particularly for a fundraising campaign and one that includes shipping, because shipping on that's going to be about $10 anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, it's totally worth it. And then there are higher perks. There's even a perk where you can be killed off in the game. It's pretty expensive. Uh, it's like $666 or more. You can be a victim in the game. And then you can actually be the final girl or guy. You can be the survivor <laughs> in the game if it's if you pledge 777 or more and that is expensive but i mean if you think about it in terms of hey you're going to be immortalized in this board game forever and then hopefully they will be doing expansions where they go through different periods of horror which i think would be really fun like maybe the universals and um just all sorts of stuff but right now it's smack in the 80s and uh, they have a lot of, like I said, 80s music references, 80s film references, and the artwork on that, which was done by Matt Carrado, is really cool. So go check it out. Now, I'm not 
totally familiar with Kickstarter, but if if somebody wanted to just float them like five or ten bucks, is that possible? Or do you Absolutely. have okay? You so can, any amount. You can donate anything over a dollar, and if you donate five dollars or more, you get um, you do get a perk there. Um, for five dollars, you can get. Um, what they call the digital high five, and with that they send you like wallpapers and that they've created for the game and you know stuff like that. So, um, but you can donate as little as a dollar if you want, you know, just throw them, just to throw them a bone. And um, there's actually a perk where you can pay $110 and get two copies of the game. So you end up saving a little bit of money um, if you want to keep one and then give one away or whatever. Or you know, sell it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but um, it, it you know that saves you you know ten bucks. But you know, if you wanted to give one as a gift, then you save ten bucks. So so there's that. MixtapeMadness.com. Mi- Mixtape Massacre. Massacre. Okay. Com. I'll yes. write that down. So we'll, and I'll check pr- it out. Yeah. And or I'll... just spread it around. Even if it, even if you know horror fans or or anyone who would be interested in something like this, just spread it around and and let people know, and make sure to check out the interview. Absolutely. And that that's Legion Podcast. That's correct. Excellent. Yeah. So I'll have to check that out as well. I mean, I don't know for me if I can do the sixty, but I can certainly do a few bucks, you know, to help them out because it definitely sounds like a good. A, a cool idea. Now, this is like that, like you said, it's not like a monopoly kind of board game. It's a little more involved, and you said they're, they might even have expansions in the future. So yeah, I mean, they they hope to make this a thing, and I hope they do too because I really want to collect them all. And uh, these are great guys, really creative, uh, enthusiastic, fun guys who put a lot of work and a lot of effort into it. And it's not one of those board games that just sort of cashes in on an idea, but doesn't really have a lot of meat behind it you know that just like oh you just go around the board i mean it's very i've seen these they're very basic and they don't that someone just had an idea to try to get money but they didn't really want to put a lot of effort into the logistics of the game these guys really did the best they could to make it a fun game with lots of replayability that is accessible to people whether they're horror fans or not they can still have a good time so they really put a lot of work into it, and I think they totally deserve our support. All right, that sounds good. Then we'll definitely check that out. Mixtapemassacre.com, and we'll try to get the link on the Facebook as well. On the Facebook. <laughs> we'll get that, that, that link there on the wild, World Wide Web on the, on the Facebook as well, and, and Twitter, of course, as well, too. Of course. Now, it'd be nice, you know, if they had maybe a Michael Dudikoff expansion for uh, a mixtape massacre, because this he was rather prolific in the in the '80s. More, I guess, maybe more so in the '90s, but um, he he definitely did his share of work in the '80s as well. Um, and what you were the master segue. I I try my best to really get a good one in. I don't even know if segwayer is a word, but. You, you totally are, and that's what I was saying earlier about Dudikoff. Is that the, when I think of Michael Dudikoff, and, and this is funny because I looked up his recent picture. I went to his IMDb page, mm-hmm. and I looked at it, and I'm looking at that picture, going, "If I were to pass this guy on the street, I would never know who he was. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh my god, that's Michael Dudikoff. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, who is that guy? <laughs> and then I just pulled up random images of him from throughout the years, and I got to tell you, he never looks the same like yeah. he he's um there's one other celebrity that i can think of off the top of my head that's like that and that is shania twain and i have <laughs> every single picture i've ever seen of her looks completely different mm-hmm. 
and um like even in her first cd like if you pulled out the the liner notes and looked at all the pictures it was like a bunch of different women mm-hmm. um but he i just he it's like i look at him and i'm more familiar with the 90s dudikoff like right. if if you show me a picture of 1990s michael dudikoff i'm on it like i know who that is but he looks so very different from over the years you know and like this is a very young and very good looking he's very good, good looking <laughs> he's a very handsome man um, but he looks different to me than he did in the 90s. And I don't know if that's just me or if um, if I'm just seeing him differently or if he's just that chameleon-like. But Yeah, well, I mean, he, I, I, I want to say he was born in the late 50s. So at this point in his life, he would have probably been in his like late 20s, early 30s, whereas like those 90s ones, he was probably in his 40s at that point. Um, um, so I can think of some movies he did in the 90s where he was supposed to play that young guy that he is supposed to be like this guy um and uh so i i know what you mean there he definitely uh took on a few different looks over time um and and it is one of the interesting things about him is that uh you know when you think of like that that 80s 90s action lead guy he doesn't really have like you know he doesn't have that overpowering build that you get out of a of a dolph um and he doesn't have like that that flashy skill set that you get from a a Seagal or or a, a Van Damme or you know um, he, he's you know and I guess when I think of overpowering too I think of maybe Schwarzenegger as well um, he he didn't really have any of those qualities yet he managed to lead a lot of action films and and do it well in a way that you know made the films entertaining um, and enjoyable. Yeah, I totally I totally agree with that, and I like that about him that he you know. He doesn't have well. You you know that I like that he doesn't have the Seagal presence right. because, but yes. um, <laughs> but even the that smarmy, overly muscular Van Damme ness um, mm-hmm. he's lacking is I think a good thing. Although there were portions at at one point in this movie, I was like, I kind of want to watch Bloodsport. Yes, and it was really I only like the competition parts of Bloodsport because when Van Damme is doing acting things I really don't care <laughs> just, I just sort of tune out I'm like yes yes exposition yes stop talking now I want, I want to see monkey style um, you know, like, um, and those are my favorite parts is when you get to watch all the different styles during the competition mm-hmm. but um, anyway this this movie at one point made me want to watch that it was when it was when we get that sort of arena mm-hmm. scene with the ninjas or the nunjas, as ninjas. I call them, because those are none. They they could be none less ninja if they, right. if they tried. I'm like, God, these guys suck. It, it, you know what's funny about that, and because and, you know one thing we did is um the first one's not available on Netflix, but also I thought it was better just to jump, you know, there wouldn't be a problem to just jump right in here because there isn't a lot that happens in the first one that you, you know, that you need to worry about in the second one. But we kind of, I did kind of realize one thing about the first one was that um, the first one, they weren't using clones for ninjas, but they were like training um, all of these people to be these massive ninja fighters. Um, And the ninjas could, could deal with, um, the, the, the local army men very easily. It was that idea that the ninja is omnipotent. But the moment the ninjas came up against Mr. Armstrong or, or Mr. Dudikoff, suddenly that omnipotence went out the window. Um, Mr. Armstrong was the ninja kryptonite, as, as it were. Um, oh, it, 
things. Yeah, and it almost kind of felt like this film was ma- was making a play on that a little bit. Um, but one thing they definitely did with this film is they, they played up the goofiness of the ninja aspect a, a little bit more, uh, which I really enjoyed. And then when they get to number four, um, because there's there's five of these, and Dudikoff is not in part three, which kind of makes it, you know, we kind of feel like it's the worst of the bunch. Um, whereas number four, he kind of comes in, it's almost like he just kind of um, ends the film, the way, ends the, his, his part in the series the way he needed to. Um, but when, by the time he comes in at number four, I think that's the one where he catches the arrow with his teeth. And that's the one where they just, like, it's kind of the all bets are off deal with him fighting ninjas. Um, But this one seemed to have a a really good combination of, like, you know, playing it straight enough, but being goofy enough, too, that you could kind of, you know, see. But you're you're absolutely right about the ninja aspect of it. It's like, yes, (laughs) these guys are ninjas, you know, and, and, you know, the ninja is to be feared, especially in the 1980s. But apparently the key is, is just to have one specific ninja who can take out all the other ninjas. It only takes one really good ninja to deal with an army of, I guess what we would say, just ninjas. I don't I don't know. They're just guys wearing black outfits <laughs> yes. because they are not ninjas. Like the, the first time we meet them on the beach, mm-hmm. um, because, okay, I guess for people who don't know this story, um, Michael Dudikoff and Steve James are two army guys that are, they're rangers who are brought in to investigate some <laughs> the fact that some marines have been kidnapped mm-hmm. from this island where they're running around not like marines at all like <laughs> I, they, I'm, I'm looking at this going i want to enlist i want i want this life look mm-hmm. at these guys um you've got goose in charge <laughs> yes goose i know it's what's great it's goose from uh, well yeah now who is the guy because he, he's the, he is like from top gun isn't he if he's not, then he no, he was in Top Gun. Um, um, then he looks exactly like the guy who actually not Goose clearly, but the um, the, he lo- he really looked like a Top Gun guy. Only I don't remember <laughs> the, the guy's name that he was reminding me of, but I just called him Goose because he right. kind of reminded me of him too. But um, anyway, so they come in to investigate the the kidnapping or the disappearance of these Marines, mm-hmm. and then so. The guy, so you have one guy who says, oh, I took them out on this fishing trip, and then suddenly they were gone, and they never came back. So then they get this same guy to take them out to the spot, and I'm like, now, if these guys go missing, <laughs> at what point are they going to start to suspect his, his involvement? You know, it's well, like, dude, every time you go somewhere with people, they never come back. Um, but anyway, so we 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 go out and all of a sudden, there are these ninjas on the beach. Mm-hmm. But they are so un-ninja-like, I have never seen anything. Like, because they're come diving off of rocks. Ah! You know, and I'm like, wait, no. Ninjas aren't supposed to announce their presence. You're supposed to be stealthy. You're supposed to be, you know, deadly. And, um, the, and then Dudikoff proceeds to kick about 15 of them's ass. Um, collectively, uh, including throwing a what appears to be like a broomstick at one guy, yes. <laughs> just knocking him off a rock, and I'm like, oh come on, that didn't even hurt. Yes. <laughs> but um, anyway, he- so it's a it's a mess, and I'm looking at these guys. I'm like, what are these like discount ninjas? Like this is the last time you buy ninjas from Sam's Club. Yes. Like <laughs> I realize you got a good deal on them yeah. for buying in bulk, but these guys are not good. Yes. It's like. Equate brand ninja is. <laughs> well, it, it's like Jen and I. Um, we bought an extension cord from the dollar store, 
and um, uh, went away um, vacation. Got lucky. Got lucky when we came back. We you know we have these little like ceramic heaters that we keep around the apartment, and um, we um had left it low. We didn't have it on too hard, but um, we came back. We noticed um, that the plug was brown. It, um, the oh, elevator. Wow. Yeah, we, we were lucky that that we didn't burn our entire apartment complex down. But um, yeah, you know, I think that's what happens. Discount ninjas. You know, you potentially burn your apartment down. Um, it's not it's not worth the price. It's not worth buying that. No, because um, then you're invest. Like, this is what happens. You yeah. still have to invest the same amount of mo- amount of money in all of their costumes. Mm-hmm. And in all of their court, like their sleeping quarters, and you have to feed them. So, and then you end up losing half of them because they're shitty. Yeah. So you have to replace them. And you're really not saving any money in the long run, is what happens. You know, as Judge Millian from the People's Court says on a regular basis, the cheap comes out expensive. Yes. You it... get what you pay for. So I hope they kept the receipt because they need to be returning these ninjas. <laughs> exactly. Nunges. Exactly, these nunges. Now, I just realized that the guy who did play Captain, you know, Goose, the guy who looked like Goose, he actually isn't in Top Gun. I just oh, okay. <laughs> thought for sure he looked like someone from Top Gun. I'm saying. Yeah. Um, um, and then opposite Dudikoff, we have the awesome Steve James. Yes. Who oh. is, he's so hilarious in this movie mm-hmm. because every all he wants to do is fight. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, it's a party, like <laughs> every oh. time. And he fights like 20 people at a time. And not that wussy, I'm standing in the center, and they come up to me one guy at a time, and I knock them off. Mm-hmm. Which I've always wondered about in movies. Like, doesn't don't the bad guys ever realize that if they were to rush the good guy all at one time, they'd have a better chance? Mm-hmm. You know, when he's repeatedly kicking people's asses as they come up to him one at a time, you'd think they'd figure that out. Yeah. But these guys, they all pile on top of him, and then he just, like, breaks out like the Hulk. And then he kicks a bunch of ass, and then he's like, I want a party! And then, and then I'm like, remind me never to go to a party with this guy, <laughs> yes. because that's a dangerous affair. Uh, when we first, uh, when I, my friends and I first watched this film, um, can I call it a film? Is that bad to call it? I, you know, I, I don't know if I'm being pretentious, referring to American Ninja 2 as a film, but... Um, no, it is. It's, it's a f- made on film, or, it's made- uh, uh, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was when movies were still being made on film, even so, it technically is a film. It's a film, yeah. And um, when we first watched this in high school, uh, we rented it. Um, you know, um, I, I must have been probably like the mid nine, like early to mid nineties. Um, and that one scene where um, they they kind of they're they're fighting in the bar, right? And so Steve James is just going to work on everybody. He's having a, a ball, as you said. He's having a fun time in this huge fight in the bar, and um. They they they're leaving because they need to kind of get out of there because it looks like some official personnel are there that could cause them problems, and um you know Steve James is there like trying to pull him out he's like I want fresh meat and we just kept <laughs> playing that scene over and over again. Let's do it again. Yes, I, I want let's fresh meat. Want, yes, let's do it again. I want fresh meat. <laughs> we we're like so we would say that all the time about anything. I want fresh meat, you know. And, um, <laughs> so but you know of course you know Steve James it. It, it, it's one of those things where, like, this film, I think, this one more than the first one. This is another reason why this one is superior to the first one, is that in the first one, he's kind of, like, standoffish towards Armstrong's character, so we don't really get his personality at all. Whereas this film, he really gets to be Steve James. Um, and, and, it, and the film is just so much better for it. I mean, he's just constantly making great jokes. He's constantly, you know, when he's hitting on that woman and he's telling her she needs to do things that are more healthy, and, and she's like, well, what should I do to be healthier? He's like, well, you can do some isometrics, plyometrics, and uh, me. And it was just <laughs> like, 
Yes. It works. It works. She gives him her number. Exactly. <laughs> he is smooth. Mm. He's just fantastic. And, and I, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm 90% sure that the, um, actually, I don't know why I'm saying 90% sure, because I have no basis for this, but I, I'm pretty sure that the, um, the Jax character in Mortal Kombat is based on Steve James in this, in this role as Jackson. I would totally believe that. Yeah, he just... And it's funny you should bring that up because I even made a Mortal Kombat reference while we were watching this. There's a scene where um, Armstrong goes to visit the the guy, the suspicious guy, the one mm-hmm. who keeps taking people and then get right. dis- disappeared. Uh, they get disappeared. That <laughs> is beautiful. Um, <laughs> when he goes, when he tracks him down and goes to talk to him, and then of course these this random bunch of British bad guys yes. just keep popping up out of nowhere. They are so dirty. Like, they're just mm-hmm. filthy with greasy hair and dirty yes. clothes. I'm like, you're just bad guys. Why do you have to be so dirty? And then one of them, I swear, looks exactly like one of the Daryls from Newhart. Yes, he did. And every time he came on screen, I was just like, Hi, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm Larry. This is my brother Daryl. This is my other brother Daryl. He was the blonde Daryl, right? Yes. 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 You know what I'm talking yes. about. The, the, one with the curly, the curly hair. hair. Yes. yes. Yeah, it was a little more um, mulletous, a little more mullety, but um, otherwise it was him. Every time I saw him, though, I'm like, oh, this is my brother Daryl. Yes. Um, they just come out of nowhere repeatedly. Yes. I mean, they just want to get their asses kicked every second because not one time have they come close to winning. Mm-hmm. And I swear, right before that scene, he just had a he had a, a, an altercation with them in an alley. Yeah. And I know he broke some things on some yes. of those guys. Like you heard it crack whenever he was like breaking arms and stuff. And all of a sudden, there they there they are again. I'm like, God, these guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there's a scene where he hits one guy, and the guy just stands there he's with his head down, like weaving for just a couple of seconds, like you're just waiting for someone to go, finish him! I know. <laughs> and then he just kicks him and knocks him across the room, um, which kind of leads me to the choreography. Yeah. Which is not very believable. Yeah. A, a lot of these things, I'm watching the fights going, well, that didn't just happen. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't. I mean, the, because the trajectory would be wrong when mm-hmm. he's throwing a body somewhere, or, you know, the kick is like, what the hell kind of kick was that? You know? <laughs> yeah. um, and, so the choreography is not the greatest. Right. This is not Ninja 2 choreography. No. As you said before the show started, <laughs> this is clearly American Ninja 2 choreography. It's fun. Though, like, it's not all believable, but I didn't really care because it was so much fun to watch. Yes. I mean, you really can't. There's not a dull moment. We do get an exposition dump about midway through mm-hmm. where he's having the conversation with the scientist's daughter, and she starts telling him. That's when we learn all about the ninjas and how they're genetically altered and she's like they're genetically altered to be like super ninjas or she that's paraphrasing but basically that's what they are and i was like really mm-hmm. and then brian's like yeah that's the whole point is they're is, <laughs> they've been genetically altered to be these like uh, you know miracle ninjas and i'm like these guys <laughs> are they sure <laughs> are they talking about the same ninjas because these guys suck <laughs> but we get that and that kind of drags because when in, when we're in a movie like this that I'm having so much fun with and it's just action, 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 fight, 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 
I really don't care about the exposition, and I don't even I don't care if you hatched these ninjas out of eggs. I don't care if you went down to the grocery store and got them from like one of those Fred Flintstone machines that goes yabba dabba doo when you put the quarter in it. You know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. Yes. Uh, I don't give a shit where they come from. I don't care if you did pick them up at the dime store. That doesn't matter to me because all I want to do is see these people fight. That's why I'm watching this movie. So that part, it did. Thankfully, it's only a couple minutes long. And so you're not dragging for too long. It gives you time to get up and go get a Coke or something if yeah. you want to. Because, um, frankly, I just don't care. But <laughs> other than that, there really is not a dull moment in this movie. And it's just one scene after another of really fun fights and some really fun characters. Yeah, this movie is indicative. Um, you know, you think of 80s action. I mean, this is, you know, canon films, and it's, you know, produced by Golan and Globus. Golan and Globus, woo! Yeah. So, I mean, it, and it, it, it really is what you come to expect from, from them. Um, it really hits all the marks. I'm, Sam Furstenberg, I believe, directed. I'm trying to think, did we do another Sam Furstenberg film here? I want to say yes, but I can't think of what it would have well, been. It wasn't, it, it wasn't that, that one, the, the, the Drive Angry one, was it? No, that was um, that was somebody else that was kind of, that's, that's kind of famous, Australian, right? It's an Australian guy. Um, oh, okay. right, right. Okay, then forget Sam Furstenberg for that one. But I, either either we have or he has come up. That that he could may, be too. He may have just come. Does he also do choreography, like fight choreography? I don't think so. Did no. he do anything? Uh, I want to say somehow we ended up talking about him when we were doing Ninja Two. Yeah. That might be uh, he might have just come up in conversation I don't know but um yeah I mean this I even love the soundtrack for this film mm -hmm. it's um it's I mean it's nothing <laughs> I'm not gonna run out and buy the album or anything it's nothing like woo but it's very fitting and mm -hmm. very 80s and um but it, I can't think of anything more perfect <laughs> well then it had the guns and roses song right uh, move to the city Yes. Is playing, which was fantastic. Um, that's one that you almost never see in a in a Golden Globus film is or any kind of direct-to-video movie. Music. Yeah, is the actual <laughs> an actual album that charted or a song from an album that charted, I guess, because you know, Move to the City didn't chart, but uh, that was off Appetite for Destruction, wasn't it? Mm, that I don't know. I I'm should know. Sure. The fact that I even had to ask that, I should know. That was like the first tape I ever bought, I think, or one of the first ones. I yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that was that was playing in the bar, wasn't it? One of the many times that we went to the apparently the only bar in town, mm -hmm. right. um, <laughs> with the same the same slut bar slut it would be standing in the exact same spot every day, yes. dressed differently, wearing a different bra every day because that's pretty much what she wore. Yes. I was like, look, that woman forgot her top. She's just wearing a bra. <laughs> yes. it was like like a, what's her name um, from Seinfeld. Uh, the, <laughs> right, the, 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 the oh, candy bar, the candy bar heiress. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I, uh, awesome. I mean that was yeah, I, like that that kind of stuff. Like, I mean the the soundtrack, you know, had the steel drums a lot throughout it while they were fighting. Um, you know, I, I mean that the <laughs> life that you must have lived to be, um, you know, even even a Steve James who unfortunately had to play like the the sidekick more often um and, and should have you know he should have been the lead more often but he was often the sidekick um but even for someone like a steve james who's just the sidekick or um the, the, you know these these um these actors that ended up just being the villain for one film i mean to be able to go to this tropical location um for however many weeks because these films took well actually these films were, were, were pretty quick to shoot i think but um 
you, you get to go to this tropical location and live for you know however many months and and do this film i mean it must have been the the major pull for someone like a dudikoff you know like okay you know looking at the script i don't you know there's nothing to this you know i guess i'm the lead um this film's probably going to be lucky if it makes it to 10 theaters before it sla- you know it slapped on the video store shelves which is still a new thing in 1987 it's still kind of you know becoming a, a you know at that point i mean i think by 87 i think my town which is a small town i think we had the one video store in in 87 um, <laughs> by 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 the 90s we had three you know um and then stepping in high cotton yeah yeah and then by the by the 2000s we were back down to one but um <laughs> you know but um but you know you know i, I it, like that that the idea of that, like, it just seems so so fun, you know, and I always think of these B actors, I think there's this idea that, oh, God, you know, how horrible it is, you know, my agent giving me another bad movie, another bad movie, but I gotta feel like, you know, the agent's on the phone land, like, listen, you know, we're going to the Caribbean, um, we're, we're going to, you know, French Poland, I don't know, wherever we're going to shoot this film, you know, what do you say, uh, you know, we're going to this place, you know, count me in, yes, I, I want to be there to do my next movie, yes. Um, and, and you got, I kind of got the sense watching the film that there was that level of fun involved. And maybe I'm completely wrong. You know, maybe there's, there's you know, in, in, a, in 10 years there's going to be a tell-all book that comes out about, you know, how horrible it was shooting American Ninja 2 and all of the infighting that went on and how, you know, they were lucky the film was even made. But it just seemed like everybody was having a good time. Everybody was on vacation making a nice movie. That's I get the exact same feel from it, you know. Uh, it just seemed like everyone was having a ball with it there were some really goofy characters some really like even the the serious ones or or the ones who attempted to be serious were still goofy Mm um you know we get this uh we go to this island where they're (laughs) they're they're doing the science and my favorite thing is <laughs> is the the sign for the uh major lab or what was it called uh, something laboratory the major it was like the major laboratory or the or the serious lab there's it was like the the laboratory and then when you walk in the sign is above the door on the other side of the door too in case you're in the room and you forget where you are i don't know what that's about but um and it's just look science they're doing science there are things and shelves and people in lab coats and then we find out that how they're genetically altering these guys and we go to the arena where we get to see them do their thing which basically they're kind of impressive when they're all in formation doing things in sync like you know bob's karate class which is exactly what they look like or um i think brian referred to it as like uncle don's taekwondo or something like that um that's (laughs) it's like oh wow look at them all in formation doing what they're supposed to do but you introduce an unknown factor to them like you throw in a person that they can't predict and and they just go all to hell it's like the keystone ninjas and they're all over the place and i'm like god these guys are so shitty and then after the one guy the one eye guy comes in and beats the tar out of about 25 of them mm-hmm. they're like wow these guys are miracles I'm like are you watching the same thing i am yeah. what are you watching because these ninjas suck they, and they're still like they're amazing. We need more. I'm like no, why? Why? Yeah, no, you no, no. No, you need that one guy. That's what yeah. you need. <laughs> yeah. I was so confused cuz like this is supposed to be good. Yeah, and and it's you know, it's 
this this I you know I, I mean the whole thing the cloning we're cloning you know and um, and I love the idea too that when you clone you're immediately have a, a full person, which maybe is why the ninjas were so bad, right? Maybe if they just let them grow up on their own. Um, right. Yeah, you got to wait 25 years, but, you know. Um, yeah. But, um, but no, but um, I, I, I love how it's somehow, right, because they're, they're ninjas, right? It's somehow better than the, the mulleted guy with the beard and the, the black suit and the Uzi who is going to get his ass kicked by our hero. <laughs> Somehow the ninja is when he's just doing the same thing, he just doesn't have the Uzi. You know, he's got the throwing star and, and the swords and stuff. But you know, he might as well just be sitting there waiting to get hit from behind or you know um, the swords that they never use that they have strapped to their back, but mm-hmm. they all they seem to forget they're there. Yeah. The 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 throwing stars that they always miss with. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, yeah, these guys are shitty. I mean they shot a dart at him and he caught it in his fingers. Yeah. And I'm like uh, well, that sucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then he knocks them off things with, you know, like a rock. Yes. Um, or a broomstick. He, bl- he blows hard at them. Um, <laughs> and during this big firefight that we finally get when the Marines decide to show up because mm-hmm. they're fighting back and forth about whether they should go rescue Armstrong and the scientist's daughter mm-hmm. because they went to this island and now they're trapped on this island. And the Marines are like, no, we can't go because we haven't gotten the okay from the Pentagon or whatever. I'm right. like, really? Just get go over there. But um, <laughs> And then Jackson's like, screw this, I'm going. You know? mm-hmm. So uh, he, he's going to go rogue if they don't go with him. So yeah. finally all these Marines go to the island, and they show up, and there's a big firefight. And did you hear the Star Wars sound effects that they threw in there when they were when they were having the big gun battle? And it was like it was normal gun battle stuff. And then all of a sudden, pew, 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 and I'm like, oh my god, this is Star Wars. <laughs> the the f- guys, you're using the wrong sound effects. Yeah, the Foley guy in this film, and the the sound effects were. I mean, there was one scene where where Armstrong is fighting this guy in a balcony, and I guess. For some reason, they did not like the guy's voice. That that who actually was, or maybe the guy wasn't making any noises at all. And whoever was e- editing the film in post decided that there needed to be a voice to this um, this man who was going to get tossed over a railing by Armstrong. So they just dubbed over someone going, "Come on, come on, come on!" Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not him. Like get out of here, you know. But I guess, you know, again, it's just all part of the fun because, you know, it, it like you said, it, it, it works because, uh, you know, and, and, and it's not like, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just those little touches like that that I think, you, you know, like probably the gun battle was the same thing. Probably somebody thought, this does not sound realistic enough. We need to add some ricochets, I guess. Is, what, what was the laser sound? Would you call that? <laughs> what would you call that? It, it was la- it was the sound that lasers make, like, uh, and it was straight out of Star Wars. I swear yeah. it. Um, I'm like, who has lasers? Who's fighting with lasers here? I don't see. <laughs> I don't see any lasers. But if you also notice, all the hits had the exact same sound effect too. So it didn't matter if they were kicking someone, right. punching someone, slapping someone, or hitting them with a toaster. Yeah. It all had the same sound effect. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, well, this guy was just lazy. And sometimes the sound effect wasn't exactly in sync with when the hit took place. And uh, sometimes the choreography wasn't exactly in sync either. Like, you'd see the guy react before the punch landed. Yes. Um, But honestly, that added to the fun. (laughs) I I am not at all taking points away for that because that made it so much more fun and uh, just so enjoyable to watch because – 
uh, honestly, I think it would be it's better than if if this film, which is not at all a serious film, no. and for good reason, uh, it's a very goofy thing. The whole thing is goofy from the premise to the acting to the everything. If the if the choreography had been spot on and come off perfectly clean, it it kind of wouldn't have been as fun. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think it would have seemed like they were taking that part too seriously when they shouldn't have. Yeah. So this just sort of adds to it. Do you remember Showgirls? Yes. Okay. You know the scene on the stage when um, <laughs> it's actually during the Vegas show when the first I think it's the first time, or really I guess the only time we see. Uh, I don't know if we do anymore. Anyway, but anyway, um, it's when Polly uh, Polly um. <laughs> Nomi is in the Vegas show and she squares off against Crystal on stage. I mean, and it's the it's the choreographed part where they're doing the biker stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like they kind of come at each other and it's like ha ha ha, you know, they're posing and their chests are like two inches apart and they keep <laughs> like smacking, almost smacking into each other. But anyway, that's the choreography. Mm-hmm. There, I, I, that is a really long explanation for me to say that there was one fight scene where that almost exact thing, yeah. exact same thing happened with these two guys. And all I could think about was showgirls the whole time. <laughs> and um, it was fun, though, because I was like, what are these guys doing? They're not fighting. Yeah. <laughs> They're dancing. Um, <laughs> the other but it was, it was great. I had such a good time with this. Um, when it was over, Brian's like, so what'd you think? And I'm like, I loved it. <laughs> I did. It is. It's just a fun movie, you know, and they, they, the fourth one, I guess, is the closest that they come to really recapturing what the second one was. Um, but, like, I don't know if they just, they, they watched the first one and thought, okay, you know, this just looks silly. Or, like, there's, I don't know what it was, but... Um, but this movie, it is. It really is um, a good combination. It's got the action. Like you said, that exposition dump is a little bit much, and I think that's for me as well. Um, one of my, my few complaints is that it does close that. But, um, uh, yeah, I you know, this movie, it, it, it is for me, when I think of, like, Canon and Golan Globus, this is up there near the top for me as, as, as one of the best. And I think of, like, some of the really great ones they did, like uh, some of the, the Chuck Norris ones, like... Um, you know the the invasion USA or the Michigan actions. Um, you know you know some of the other ones like uh, the um, you know the Stallone ones that he did as well. Um, you know there there were some really you know, Golan Globus and Cannon. I mean they had I mean of course Cyborg is in that category. They had some great ones. For me this is up there near the top. This for me is is one of my all time favorites from them. And uh, it's just it 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 and, and you know seeing it again now. I mean it's it the movie I I, I it's hard to say this that the movie is almost. 30 years old um Ooh. it's just it's uh, that, maybe i shouldn't have said that maybe that wasn't something i should have said <laughs> keep that to yourself <laughs> yes <laughs> but um but it, it it still works it still plays well in a lot of ways and the one of the things i think for me about golan globus and canon the only other one i could think of as far as action film uh, production companies that w- really kind of met this level was uh pm entertainment um they did a lot of really great ones with guys like wings hauser um, in them, and I, I want to say Dudikoff may have done some with them as well, but um, didn't they do some Red Brown stuff? Yes, they did. I'm pretty sure that yes, yeah, PM Entertainment. They they, they had uh-huh. a lot of great ones. Yeah, and the other one too that, that did Red Brown stuff was uh, Action uh, International Pictures. Yes, or something. AIP was another great one. Um, but um, it, it's one of the things about the modern direct-to-video movie that I think 
those movies lack. Um, oh, Brian's saying we need to do some Red Brown. We definitely do. Um, oh, I could definitely think of some <laughs> off the top of my head that we could, we could, you know, especially ones I think that are available on YouTube that we could totally take a look at. Um, but you know, I, I kind of feel like the modern. He's just saying that because then he gets to watch them. That's what. <laughs> well, hey, you know, Brian. Because he like, uh, you know, so many times he has to watch stuff that he is not interested in, like Legendary. Mm -hmm. um, when we're doing this, but like. Last week, when he's like, "What are you doing for next week?" Which is always the first thing he asks me when right. I finish with the show. I come out, and he's like, "What are we watching for next week?" And I'm like, "American Ninja 2. He's like, "Oh, all right." I could do that. I could do that. Well, you know, I I, I definitely think um, from my end, um, you know, Brian does a really great job here helping us out on the show, making sure that the levels are right and everything. He deserves his movie. He deserves a movie. And, and and especially since when we had him on the show the last time we did a, a lifetime movie. So he <laughs> he deserves to have a movie. I agree. I think if anybody deserves one, it, it's Brian. So um for sure, I think a Red Brown one. Uh and, and like I said, I think YouTube has some really good ones like uh uh, uh Robo War, one of my favorites, uh, Strike Commando. So, you know, also really good ones. Um but no, what I was gonna say, um, the the modern direct-to-video movie, I don't know what it is that they try to do with their their fancy digital edits and their their washed-out um, screen. You know, like they they use a digital film that has sort of sometimes has a washed-out look to it. Um, they they try to be overly dark at times. Um, there's something about the modern direct-to-video film that it it doesn't have what these ones did. Now, I, I don't think a movie like Ninja 2 really should be put in the category of something like this because Ninja 2 is a different level of quality. Ninja 2 is good, you know. It's it a real movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I'm thinking of a lot of the ones we've looked at that are just crap. And, you know, I I don't want to call American Ninja 2 crap, but I'm just saying, like, American Ninja 2 would not be made today the way it was made back then. Um, yeah. There probably would be an overemphasis on making sure the fight choreography is good. I think maybe, you know, with Jackie Chan and, and Jet Li in the 90s, there was a shift to make sure that films had that really high Hong Kong level of, of, of um, martial arts in it. So that might be one thing. But I also think that the, the kind of the fun aspects of this would not be in a modern one. They, they just wouldn't do, you know, I don't think they'd be able to pull any of this stuff off um, as well as it was pulled off here. So many of them from the 80s and 90s seem to just get what action is all about. And I feel like um, somehow that's been lost. There's either this need to make too much um, plot exposition. You know, this film had one section of, of, of plot dump, as you t said. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Then they got on with things. Um, I just think there's just too much in the modern one. that just It, it needs to go back to this. There's nothing wrong with, with, with what Canon and Golan Globus did. Maybe maybe the money thing, maybe that's a big part of it, is that it's too expensive to do movies today that were done like that back then. Maybe um, you know there's too much insurance involved, You know that you can't just have a stuntman that you can just drag all over an island. Oh, my that's goodness. That know? was awesome. Yes. That guy was such a trooper. He was. And Brian's like, he gets points for determination because, like, he, this guy, uh, the scene I'm referring to uh, yeah. for people out there is where this ninja is being dragged behind a truck for, like, six miles. Right. Um, <laughs> and what I thought was funny about that, though, is that clearly he was padded when mm -hmm. he was on the ground. But then when he climbed up the rope and, and got onto the truck, those pads were gone. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, that." All right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we weren't supposed to notice that. Yes. Uh, there was also a scene where a guy's back got caught on fire, but you could actually see the where stuff. the the zell gel was, or yes. whatever. And and I'm 
like what you can it's white and there's like an outline that you're not hiding that from anybody you know? yeah. <laughs> it's like what is that oh uh, that is um, that's the classic great we paid for the flaming stuntman and god damn it we're gonna use him that's that's that what that's what that was right there they, oh, Brian says Ninja, Ninja, Ninja Indiana Jones yeah. uh, talking about the guy being dragged, and that's yes. exactly what I was thinking about when yeah. we were watching that scene in this movie. I was like, Indiana Jones did that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, th- that was I – don't, I don't know what it, if you'd be able to do that now the way that you could do it then. I mean, because that's, those are, that's a dangerous stunt. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, padding is one thing, but that's, you know – that's not going to save you <laughs> from, right. I mean, if you're being dragged behind a truck, that is legit dangerous. And um, I think probably you're right about the insurance would be sky high for something like that. Or they might try to digitally do it, which would just be terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a problem, too, is that a lot of times, like even, oh, what's that one with the elephant? The protector. Yeah. Um, we watched the protector, too, and there was so much digital stuff in yeah. that movie just so many digital scenes that it just sort of t- it took away from the actual good choreography and and the hard work that went into the real parts of that movie because every time some of the shitty digital shows up you're just like oh man yeah. uh, <laughs> so that's a problem that i think that the modern directed videos have too is a lot of times in order to save money they'll end up having to cheap out and do some really crappy digital effects Mm -hmm. and it it really makes a difference because it shows and um like back here there's not a digital thing in sight you know that guy you might have been able to see the stuff on his back but he was really on fire i mean there was an on fire dude in that you know um, the guy behind the truck, he was padded up, but he was being dragged behind a truck. So um, that's for real shit. Exactly, and you know that's probably that, that's probably the biggest part of it is that it's um, a combination of those two things, right? That one, the digital aspect that like films can feel, or filmmakers, you know, they either think they can get away with it or they're forced to try to get away with it because of the budget they're given, right? The producers come in and say, no, no, no. You don't have money for that. Just make it in the computer. Um, so that's probably part of it. But then the, the other part of it is that um, digital editing, right? That ability to make things really, you know, you know, tenths of a second of, mm-hmm. of edits um, really, you know, really can be frustrating. This film did not do any of that either, you know. These fight scenes, as badly choreographed as they were, they were legitimately choreographed. There was no, um, you know... In fact, to the point that we could see the flaws in them because there was no uh, trick photography to, you know, um, edit a scene. You know, it wasn't like, you know, a lot of times with these new ones, they'll just use split second editing or, um, you know, and make it really quick so that, you know, you can take Liam Neeson and make him look like he has, you know, decades of fighting experience behind him when he really doesn't. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of these films do this now so that they can, you know, cheap out on getting a good choreographer and, cheap out on really making nice fights look good for us, you know? Um, and I, so I think it's a lot of those things. You know, this film, you know, wasn't afraid to look bad. You know, go ahead, make it look bad. We just, you know, you can see it. Um, and who knows, maybe if they tried to make this film today, they would try to cover up the bad fight scenes with, you know, uh, split-second edits. Um, and, you know, we're seeing the result. We prefer it the old way. It, it, it works better. 
I have my own issues with those edits too, because everyone's like, "Oh, well, it makes sense in an action movie because it adds ten like a tension to the scene." And we got no, you're covering shit up, and we yeah. know it. Mm-hmm. You know, you use it when you're trying to hide flaws, and you're just hoping that we'll be confused if all we can see is belly buttons and elbows. Yeah, and. Uh, really, it doesn't confuse me. It irritates me because I want you to stand the fuck back and let me see it. <laughs> exactly. If it's not perfect. It's not perfect, but I want to see it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, it's it's like this idea that you know, oh, I, you know, you know, my my TV looks great, but it would look so much better if two people were holding it on either end and shaking it up and down as much as possible. <laughs> I would much rather watch TV that way. You know, it's like no, I want to see what I'm looking at. Um, it's it's not cool, you know, and and um and I think too is I think these people who make these films don't realize it's a lot of us watch them in different formats and so that shaky cam thing it might be great on a really large screen TV, but um you know on a computer or you know if we're watching it right in front of us you know on a computer or a smaller screen it's hard to make out the images or you know mm-hmm. uh, you know there, there are a lot of ways that we're watching these films now and and it's good for directors you know especially if it's a direct to video film. It's completely different if you're making Transformers and you're saying, you know, we expect you to watch this on the big screen and, well, if we don't, we don't, you know, whatever. Um, but if you're making a direct-to-video film, you know, expect us to be watching it on a variety of formats. I mean, really, you want us to see this any way we can if it's a direct-to-video film. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're happy it's on Netflix, really. And I know a lot of people, you know, myself included, we, watch, we can watch Netflix on our TVs now through different devices. Um, but I still think for the most part, Netflix, you know, you... you Throw it on your computer while you're doing something as well, you know? Um, a lot of people do. I mean, honestly, you're right. If I was making a direct-to-video movie, I would want to make it as accessible as possible as far as people being able to see it for what it is. I don't care if they were screening it on Minu Savari's forehead. <laughs> I want it to look good, mm-hmm. you know? And, um... It, yeah, I mean, you've got people watching stuff on their pads, on their phones, mm-hmm. on... You know, on their 60-inch TV, on their 35-inch TV, on their computer screen, it's you name it, people are watching movies on it. You know, especially like with a streaming service. So you can't see a lot of shit that goes on uh, when it's that. I mean, it's even worse. Mm -hmm. You know, but um, like when I went to go see um, Evil Dead, Evil Dead, um, Resident Evil 2, Mm -hmm. that was the the first time that I recall being really angered by <laughs> the camera work and the editing mm-hmm. when I was watching a film. And that's just the, um, there may have been one bef- something before that, but that's the first time I rem- remember really just leaving a theater going, that irritated me because we just spent a big, huge scene in a graveyard and all I saw was belly buttons. That was it. There was, I couldn't see any of the fighting that was going on and I was pissed. Mm-hmm. And that was on a big screen, you know. I went to the movies to see it, and it didn't help. Right. You know, having a screen as big as Texas did not do that movie any justice. So I'm waiting for them to figure out, and I think it's getting better. I think that people are finally coming to realize that, you know, we don't like it mm-hmm. when, they, when they do that. So I do feel like it's getting better, but um, some of them are just... I mean, it's like you're trying to watch a movie while you're strapped to one of those belly shaking machines that, <laughs> like the old ones, like the old exercise thing. At the, yeah, yes. like you got that belt strapped around your waist, yes. and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Exactly. And that doesn't, that's not good. No. Nobody wants that. Yeah, it, it doesn't, you know, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it's the, this idea that, that, I don't think they, they, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm losing, I, I can't, you know, I, I feel like <laughs> they either, they think we're either too ADD that we, we need to see it like this or, you know, like you said, they're trying to cover something up. I mean, I can't remember what they said the number is on the Transformers movies. Like, it's like a half second per shot or something like that. Um, that's how quickly things move. Um, and I know, like, um, Mike Nelson, I think, or, or maybe it wasn't Mike Nelson, but it was one of the other ones, uh, uh, Corbett or, uh, you know, they were on a, um, a podcast I listened to talking about riff tracks, and they were saying how it's really difficult to find, you know, w- with new movies to be able to riff them because sometimes they do, you know, like they and they, they specifically said Transformers is a tough one to riff because everything happens so quickly that you don't have your your, your moments where you can jump in. Um, it's not like Twilight where the two of them just stare at each other for long periods of time, and you've got all the jokes That's you can make. Excellent point. And not something I've ever considered. But hell, they couldn't even get it out of their mouth before the right. scenes moved on to something else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And and so huh. it, it's you know I mean, maybe that's why they make it that. Maybe that's what it is. Is that they after MST3K and the proliferation of us people making fun of their movies, they're just they like, said, screw you. <laughs> try we'll fix it, your wagon. Exactly. That's exactly how I picture Michael Bay talking to. Yeah. Like, we'll fix their wagons. <laughs> oh man, I know. Yeah, Michael Bay. He, you know, it's it's kind of the funny thing too. When you are a Michael Bay, like, you you make these big blockbusters, but you somehow become this like, this figure that's like, you know, you almost like say Michael Bay when you're talking about what's horrible about movies nowadays. Well, exactly, and it's it's what is I think is hilarious is how universal it is that Michael Bay is shitty, mm-hmm. yet his movies consistently make about 500 gojillion dollars every time they hit the theater. Yeah. But I can't find one fucking person who admits to liking his films. So it, it's like how does that happen? Yeah, I think I don't know if it's the McDonald's effect where they say that McDonald's um uh, people when they survey people, um, they almost always say, I never eat McDonald's because they don't want to admit to eating McDonald's. Right. I, mean, I don't know if that's what's going on with uh, with these. But I mean, I, I honestly, I've seen uh, 10 minutes of one of the Transformers movies. I tried to watch it with my nephew. And I was just like, this is insane how bad this is. I think it had John Totoro was in it. And I, I was just like, John Totoro, what, what you know, what are you doing, what are you doing man? <laughs> I, I loved you and do the right thing. And, you know. And you were playing a really horrible per- person in Do the Right Thing. Yeah, but he's a fun actor. I he like. is. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Barton Fink. He's just, you know. But it was just, it was one of those things where it's, yeah, I think maybe that's what it is. But even with it, that being what it is, I don't even know people who have even seen them a lot of times. Most of my friends are like, I, you know, I know that there are these, you know, I know Mark Wahlberg was in one recently, but I don't, you know. Yeah, no, I I think what I'm going to do is the next time he has a movie in the theater, I'm going to stand outside the doors and see and wait for people to come out, and I'm going to jump them and be like, "Do I know you? Do I know you? Do I know you? Yes. Do I know somebody I know has got to be in this crowd because someone is paying to see these movies, yeah. and yet I can't seem to find anyone who admits to it. Yep, uh, which I think is hilarious. They're all everyone's le- like dressing up in disguise to go to the Michael Bay film. Right. They're walking out with their head. They're doing the walk of shame to the walk. car. Yes. Burning their movie tickets <clears throat> afterward. No mm-hmm. one can prove it. They pay with cash, right. so there's no paper trail. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, they're burning their McDonald's wrappers as well, so nobody knows they ate at McDonald's on the way out. 
<laughs> probably eating McDonald's in the movie in the movie theater, theater. so it's dark and no one can see them. Yeah, the whole. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I eat McDonald's. I like McDonald's. Me too. So there. I, I, I love I Mc- admit it. Yeah, I like it, but I you know, I shouldn't be eating it. It's not good for my, my, my blood pressure. Um but every once Hell in a while there's a Michael Bay movie. No, it's probably not. That's a good point. <laughs> well well, this film is good for your blood pressure and I I think if you haven't already seen this, and I have a feeling most people listening to this podcast have already seen it, but even if you have already seen it, it's worth checking out again while it's on Netflix. Um, it is, it, it is a classic that just stands up over time, um, and and if you haven't seen the first one before and are thinking, well, I can't see part two because I haven't seen part one, you can. This is not The Godfather. You can jump in in the middle. You'll be fine. Um, there's there's nothing that happens in part one that you were going to look at in part two and be like, I don't get it. I don't I don't know who these people are. No. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. I I'm I, I'm talking from experience. It just Jamie doesn't knows. matter. Yeah, Jamie knows. You you get you get the full experience just by watching it. So, and um, you know, it's only ninety minutes. It's not a bad time. It is exactly what you want from a Golden Globus uh, canon film. They it hits all the right spots. I totally agree. I can't. I, yep. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I recommend it. And yeah, while it's on Netflix, check it out because if nothing else, and then rate it because mm-hmm. let them know. We want more of this because Matt and I are running out of shit to do that's on on Netflix. Yes, so, exactly. I mean, pickings were kind of slim, and uh, the last time we were looking, and that's why we ended up here. But I'm so glad we did because it gave me the opportunity to check this out, and I really love it. So yeah, I I would say when when we were looking through Netflix last week to look at films, we're becoming a little more discerning. Um, we're starting to see the things that you know, and and in the past I would have just watched those movies to review them on the blog just to have them as reviews of the actors involved a lot of times but we're looking at things and going red flags you know these are all of the mm-hmm. things that we've seen before so we're trying to be a little bit more discerning but um yeah so so let, hopefully netflix will will help us out here and put some more things up here that we can watch on on a on, on the podcast here Net, hear that netflix do that for us we yeah. appreciate it help us Thanks. out because otherwise we're moving to another platform we, we won't be able to help it so, <laughs> all right. Well, we we did cover a little administrative stuff earlier on, but Jamie, uh, what what else are you up to as far as your your other podcasts? Um. Well, let's see. Just had an episode of Evil Episodes come out where we talked about Clown and Unfriended. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfriended, which is still in theaters right now, and Brian. That's a fun episode because Brian and I had a little moment where we were kind of going at each other's throats <laughs> in the, <laughs> um, during the spoiler section of that review. Not in a mean way. We weren't actually arguing. I've actually had listeners contact me asking if we were okay. <laughs> and yes, we're fine. We just both get really passionate when we're talking about films. But it was kind of like a rah, 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 while we were talking about Unfriended. And then literally moments later, we switched to talking about Clown. And it's like, so I really liked Clown. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was, it was, it's not we weren't angry with each other it didn't stick around um brian actually gets really pumped and excited when when we have discussions like that and i enjoy it too and then we just move on to something else so it was not a serious thing uh but it was a fun discussion Mm -hmm. and uh so you can check that out and of course we talk about uh, like bates motel and what's going on with horror television and then i'm not sure if the new devourers (laughs) come out i don't think we've had the new devourer come out yet and um 
so that's still kind of in limbo. I did do the interview that I talked about earlier, so that's available again at legionpodcast.com. It's a Legion Podcast quickie, and it's just Brian and me talking to the creators of Mixtape Massacre. So that was a fun little interview. Go check that out. And I don't think I've had anything else come out since last week. Um, it's been kind of a slow podcast week. So not. Um, did I talk about Splice? I think maybe the last time we... I don't know if it was out yet, but I did a guest spot on the projection booth, if I haven't talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I did a projection, a, a guest spot on the projection booth where we talked about the movie Splice from 2009. So um, that was a pretty fun one. And that may be it. That may be all I've got going right now. Well, I am still... Uh, putting up a big goose egg with the blog, but I'm I'm hoping to kind of get there soon. Um, hey, that's okay. It's only April. I know, I know. It's or, like, or almost May. And when was the last one I did? February. Uh, I want to say well because it was your New Year's resolution, and didn't you do it for like a week? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Was, I thought I, I made it to February, it but I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I'm still looking at the legendary uh, images on on my 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 dash here. Um, but hopefully soon, you know, I can start working on getting some blog posts back up. Because I, I enjoy writing on the blog as much as I, you know, I also like this. I mean, what I love about this show is it, it kind of, um, it, it keeps the blog going um, in some way. Because, um, we, you know, we're doing a similar thing here. Um, and, and tonight's one, of course, is one that I've reviewed in the past. I've actually reviewed it twice uh, before I was telling Jamie how um, when I first started doing reviews at, at the DTV uh, connoisseur. Um, it was mostly like just writing about films my friends and I saw, which it wasn't like I'd seen any of them recently. And so I reviewed um, uh, American Ninja 2 after, you know, I don't remember how long ago it had been since I'd watched it. And of course, I was still kind of new to how blogging and all that stuff works. So I think I hyperlinked other people's photos to get pictures for the blog, which I know now is a no-no. Um, but at the time, I didn't understand how that worked. Um, so it was, you know, it was just one of those things. And, and um, uh, this guy, uh, uh, Kenner, a uh, friend of the blog, longtime friend of the blog, Kenner, who um, ha- used to have a, a blog, Movies in the Attic, uh, he was like, you've got to do American Ninja 2 again. You've you got to really give it a full review. Um, so I went back and did it a second time and, and looked it over, and it was, you know, I watched it that time. And so ever since, I've kind of felt like I need to watch movies before I review them. <laughs> so, um, and I, I kind of do the same thing for the for the, the podcast as well. Even if it's one I haven't seen, I've, I've seen before, I try to watch it again uh, for us. But, um, but yeah, so that's one that, you know, you could find in the, you'll find it twice in the archive. So I recommend looking at the first one. Um, I, I'm not, sorry, look at the most recent one, not the first one, uh, because that's the one that it's, it's better um, and it's, it's more comprehensive and, and worth checking out. All right. Right. Well, What's up with the fanfic? Oh yes, the, the <laughs> yes the um, the KNS fanfic. Yes. Um. So uh the the, the boys have uh, moved on to Romulan, uh, Romulus. Um. And and they are there. Um. They find themselves at a swingers club in Romulus. Um. I, it's the old trope. Um. I was busy this week. Couldn't really come up with a lot. So I went back to the old Romulan ale, um, gig. I, I hope people aren't too. Uh, upset with me using that trope. It just seems like, you know, you pull up the Romulan ale and it just, you know, things happen. Um, let's just say um, some what of... What happens in Romulan stays in Romulan. Right, what ha- <laughs> exactly. Let's just say some of the old tensions between uh, Romulans Rom- and Vulcans 
uh, starts to heat up a little bit. Um, and um, and you know, while while that 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 passion uh, happens there, it also leads to some romantic passion. Um, so you you get the the hate, but we also we we we, we sort of use love um, to 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 rebuild those those bond or you know bridge. Um, between these two worlds that that don't like each other. Wow. Yeah, exactly. It's very beautiful. <laughs> All right. Well, I I think that's a good place to to leave it this week. But um, uh, hopefully next week we'll we'll look into maybe making some Reb Brown happen or something like that for uh, for Brian. Uh, we can help him out there, and uh, for for all of his his loyalty with uh, helping us out with the technical work on the podcast here. I'm sure he'd appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Either that or we could watch Lizzie again. We could. We could do Lizzie again. We could do another Lifetime film for him <laughs> if he'd like. Um, I know there's the, the, the Jody Arias story. I'm sure he'd enjoy that one. Um, but <laughs> so, but um, until next week, everyone, uh, I hope everyone has a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Direct-to-Video Connoisseur Podcast. I want fresh meat. I want fresh meat. <laughs> something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details